Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. This is Coach Laura Swain. Um, thanks for listening. Today, I have a dear friend of mine who is with me. Her name is Shawnee Rivera Souza, and she's just incredibly inspiring to me, and I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. So, Shawnee, how are you doing? I am crushing it. Thank you. For- <laughs> <laughs> crushing it. So the part of that story that I wanted to start out with with you, because this really is about kind of inspiring and motivating people, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, your background. So a little bit about kind of your family history, uh, what childhood was like for you um, at whatever age you feel comfortable talking about. Cool. So some light, light stuff to talk about. Um, I, (laughs) uh, when people, I usually say that it was not easy. There were a lot of roadblocks and challenges. My parents got divorced when I was four. Um, My mom immediately kind of got together with somebody else. My dad tried to get himself clean. He was clean and sober for about eight years and then started drinking again, started using again. Uh, My mom stayed using for quite some time and then got clean and sober when she was about 45-ish. She might have been a little bit younger. And she remains um, clean and sober until this day. Um, Because of beginnings there were a lot of situations where my friends and I were put in that were not the safest our our needs didn't always come first and so some bullshit was you know bullshit definitely happened the brunt of it I was the eldest in the family so I, I like to think that I protect my siblings. Uh, from kind of happening. Uh, when my mom remarried, two two kids came along with that marriage because when I was, you know, they got together as five years old. So our ages were five, four, three, and two. So, you know, they're they're my siblings and I did what I could to protect them. That means that I had to kind of stand in front of a lot of big to make sure that stay, they stay, stay they stayed safe uh, I was not always successful my little sister also kind of you know carried some of that burden and it's it run it ran the gamut it was you know physical abuse emotional abuse verbal abuse sexual abuse it all just kind of came down on, on me. So I would say I grew up with this internalized rage that I tap into when I need it. Uh, but it is something that for a long time in my life, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know where, how, to, how to deal with it angry, angry little person. Um, and then add, you know, hormones of puberty and, you know, trying to make my way in the world. And it just got bigger and bigger. And then my parents started divorcing and remarrying and divorcing other people. And that just added to the instability that was in my life. Um, so we moved. I went to... I think 15 schools. So I was just constantly, you know, making new friends, leaving friends. Uh, that was kind of a, a quick and dirty peek into my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of that. And, and it ties into kind of, well, first of all, I mean, you're one of the like most badass, strongest people I know. <laughs> um, but it makes your 
history with competition and fighting and Muay Thai kickboxing um, make a lot of sense. So I wanted to kind of talk about when that started for you and how, I mean, do you feel like your childhood sort of led you to be drawn to the fight world? Yes. I often say that Muay Thai, Muay Thai saved my life. It saved my life. I did not know what to do with this just endless fountain of rage. I knew I didn't want to drink or become an addict because I had that example laid out for me. And that was just not the business like that. It's just not who I wanted to to emulate. Uh, and I want to say in my early 20s was when I kind of like looked around, you know, I'm finishing up college. I'm no longer competing in anything really at any real level. And I just got real unhappy. I poured myself into my college education, finishing college, but, you know, I wasn't working out. I wasn't running. I wasn't playing soccer. I wasn't dancing. I was just kind of like focused on the end of my college career. Uh, And then I graduated from college and just poured myself into my professional time was becoming a technical recruiter. And I want to say from college graduation till about 2001. So that was about, you know, three, four years. I just ballooned. I gained a lot of weight. I was not taking care of myself. I was working super, super long hours. I'd come home, have a glass of wine, eat dinner, go to bed, rinse and repeat every single day. Mm-hmm. And got to the point where I was just not happy in my skin, not happy in my, you know, just as a person. And a friend of a friend kind of just was like, hey, I go to these kickboxing classes. You should check them out. I think you'd be really uh, successful in this. And I was like, oh, I don't know. That sounds really, sounds really violent. Sounds really dangerous. You know, I might, I might hurt myself. I might hurt somebody else. Right. Yeah. So I went to this kickboxing class in Petaluma, California. And I fell in love before my hands were even wrapped. Like, I, you know, walked in the gym, the sounds of the gym, the smells of the gym, all the sights. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> mm. uh, and I would say I was hooked pretty much like that first class. You know, I walked out to the, I remember this feeling very vividly, walking out into the parking lot thinking, I wish somebody would try something on me right now. Like, I just felt so powerful. And so I like barely learned how to throw throw right cross, but I was like, this is the shit. Oh, awesome. So you were about to take somebody out in the parking lot. <laughs> um, and I remember, and this was, you know, I'm still not treating myself well. I'm still drinking wine. I'm still going home. I think I still smoked at the time. Like I was just bad news, right? All the way around and decided to kind of do a geographic, get the heck out of Petaluma. Uh, I looked for jobs down working for NVIDIA, uh, fell in love with that, you know, being a high-tech recruiter in one place. And I remember before I left the gym on my last day at Herb Cody's gym, I asked him, do you know of anybody in, you know, the San Jose area that teaches kickboxing? And he sat there kind of thoughtfully for a second and was like, I just really don't know anybody. So I was like, oh, man, this sucks. Okay. You know, this was kind of pre-Googling stuff. So I got out my handy dandy (laughs) telephone book, looked up kickboxing, (laughs) and didn't find anything. Like there's nothing in the kickboxing. Right. And and I didn't think, oh, look up martial arts. Right. Because um, even at that time, I had a strong prejudice against Taekwondo. And so I just kind of floundered. I want to say for six weeks, I was just like, God, this sucks. I can't believe this is this thing that I only found in Petaluma, California. Like, how can this thing be so niche? And then one day I was at Target on Hillsdale and Camden. 
And I looked out across the parking lot and there was a big banner on top of the the ceiling of this place or on top of the roof that said free first week free kickboxing american kickboxing academy i shit you not i carried everything over with me that i had in my bags just walked right across the street into the gym and was like i want to check out that one week free and Hob was at the front desk. He was like, right on, cool. Okay, um, so you'll come back tomorrow? And I said, no, I'll be back in a half. He was like, okay. <laughs> so I literally sped home, changed, put on some workout clothes, came back. Um, at the time, my workout clothes were, you know, soccer shorts and a tank top. And took two classes in a row that night. And was like, okay, I'll come, I'll, you know, see you tomorrow. And Hob, he kind of was like, oh, okay, okay. You know, and I went back tomorrow. I went back the next day. I I went almost every day. I did doubles every day. And then we got into a car accident on our way home from snowboarding. Uh, me and my honey at the time and my buddy who was driving, we got rear-ended. So it took, I want to say, a solid three to four months of of kind of like getting my head back into it and healing and I got a pretty bad concussion and walked back into the gym and the uh, fight team coach, Derek, was like, whoa, what happened to you? And I was like, whoa, what? Like, what? I don't have any bruises on my face. I don't know what's going on. He goes, you lost a lot of weight in a short amount of time. And I was like, oh, you know, I, we just got in this really bad accident. I couldn't work out. So I wasn't eating a ton. I wasn't moving around a lot, but I'm a hundred percent doctor said I'm good to go. So Derek's like, okay, you know, take it slow. And I've never in the history of ever taken anything slow. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was back at classes, you know, going every, every time I could. Um, I started at that point in my life realizing that I couldn't work until eight or nine o'clock at night drive home, rinse and repeat. I was like, nope, I got to leave at six. I want to at least be able to get in two classes, you know, before the end. So I would take Jerome's class was the last class. His was 830. And then I would take whoever taught before Jerome is either Danny Kelly or Big Papa or whoever, whoever was teaching the class before. So I was just always taking Super Dave, um, always taking these classes. And I want to say for another six months or so, I was going pretty hard at it. And Derek, one day, you know, I was either, it was either be between classes or after the end of class one day, Derek's like, you want to try out for the fight team? And I was like, no, that's crazy. I don't want to like have people hit me in the face. And I remember Derek goes, oh, but you get to hit them back. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh oh okay sure yeah I'll try it and Derek said okay come back here tomorrow 5 30 and that happened to be a Friday and I was like oh shoot you know I had to like get off work early to meet him there and be there but 5 30 he wrote wrote out my schedule on a post-it note he's like okay these this is when fight team meets you have to be here every single one of these times plus we run on the weekends um I'm gonna put you in a smoker after you know a couple months of fight training so wait like, let me stop you just for one second because we're gonna have some people that don't know some of this terminology and i just want to oh, okay. i want to make it clear so so first when when shawnee talked about um going into aka and talking to hav that's javier mendez who is the owner of american kickboxing academy for those of you guys who don't know it's legendary in the san jose <laughs> area um and then can you, uh, and then Derek Yuen is who she referred to was the um, Muay Thai fight team coach. Also um, about us. Also, I was just going to say, actually, <laughs> Shawnee, can you talk about, uh, just for a second, Derek's background in fighting? He came from one of those really cold states up north. I can't remember if it's if it's like Michigan or Minneapolis, something with an M maybe. Um, Duke. <laughs> was his yes. teacher uh, and Duke is a, also a badass. So Derek has won all of these championships. He, I, I don't even, I'm sure he has lost, but it's, I, it's, you know, beyond me to even fathom him losing. 
Um, he's also an engineer. So he teaches, he coaches a lot differently than other coaches because he'll watch the mechanics of something, throwing a right cross, you know, doing a high kick or, or a head kick and pick it apart and tell you to do one thing and then your power goes up like, you know, by 75%. So he's, he's such a good teacher and he can teach anybody if you're willing to be coachable. Um, he has won like all the titles. Um, <laughs> he's one of the coaches for the um, American Muay Thai team for the Muay Thai Olympics. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's just he's incredible. He's incredible. Super incredible. Yeah. It's he, so funny. He, he appears yes. in a lot of fighters corners like yeah. he's just amazing the funny thing is I mean so Shawnee and I just a little bit of background we uh went to high school together but didn't really know each other in high school and sort of we actually reconnected around Shawnee's uh kickboxing experience uh but ironically I had met Derek Yuen on a totally different note um he was friends with someone that I was um, one of my roommates in San Francisco. So it was really interesting to see kind of all those worlds come together. I'm like, wait, what background that Derek has? He's just a really nice guy. And then I walked, I walked into AKA and saw his picture on the wall yeah. with, with the championship like, belt. And I'm like, huh, yeah. I guess he's not just Derek, the guy, you know, that's coming up from the South Bay. Um, so, and then the the person that Shawnee referred to as Duke, which was his coach, is Duke Rufus, who yeah. is also very well known for being um, Anthony Showtime Pettis' coach, for those of you USC fans. Um, so he's also a big deal as well. So I wanted to stop you for a second, Shawnee, and sort of talk about, so you, Muay Thai saved my life, which is such a powerful statement um, and a true statement because that's how you roll is just putting it out there as it is. Um, but I want to kind of talk about what Muay Thai gave you. Like, like what was it that when you went in and you were like, Oh, this is like my place and my people. Mm. Much. <laughs> uh, it gave me a family that I didn't necessarily. Um, I had friends. I've always had really good friends. But all of a sudden, you know, you have your fight family. And these are people who are in your family that you fight with, which is in my family, all I was doing was fighting with my family. Mm -hmm. um, so these are people that you're training with every day. So you hear all, I mean, in between training, you're, you're talking story, you're, you're telling each other, you know, about your lives. We would go out to eat almost you know, two, three times a week. We were just always around each other. We were supporting each other, getting ready, getting people ready for their fights, getting people ready for their competitions. Um, she people a lot more than, you know, people you're in relationship with. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it was always important to make sure that the people I was bringing around my fight family were worthy you know were they worth my fight family's time um because i was really learning about how to have a family how to be in relationship how to be in family with these people mm -hmm. um derek almost instantly kind of became the older brother i always needed ha was definitely like that older dad you know that has your best interests in mind always Mm. but you don't fuck with him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it was, it was kind of, you know, it's hierarchical in the gym. Uh, but they gave me a way to be and to, to be around that. I just always felt so welcomed all my, like my hyperness, my energy, this, my, all the things that I maybe used to be ashamed of or embarrassed about in high school and in college and growing up, all of a sudden these were people that were like, I love you for that. I love you that you're, you know, you're immature and you make fart jokes and, you know, we can talk to each other about relationships and, and how we're, you know, trying to get through this crazy. Um, 
so I met people through AKA that are like my sisters and my brothers and we've celebrated everything together. We've, you know, they've come to my wedding. I've gone to their weddings. We've done baby showers and everything. And, and it all kind of started from this, you know, little gym on Hillsdale and Camden. Um, So I want to ask you too, specifically with like Muay Thai saving you, is that what you're referring to? Because it gave you the family that you were looking for or or does that mean something else? Uh, that was one aspect of it. It gave me an outlet for this fountain of rage that I still have. Um, <clears throat> I learned how to channel my upset and my sadness and my fears into rounds. Going, being um, Rounds are just when your coach holds pads for you. So coach would you know, give us something to do. And then we'd have our rounds with our coach. Um, Derek could look at me and know I was having a good day or bad day. Um, and he'd push me harder on bad days, which I thought was <clears throat> like cruel at the time. But in, <laughs> in looking back, I just thought that's fucking brilliant. Like yeah. push somebody yeah. the hardest when they're emotionally hurting because in the ring, right? Yeah. You're going to, if your emotions get, you've already lost the fight. Um, So it was a physical outlet. It was an emotional outlet. Um, It was a way to be myself, clear out to my edges and then accepting, you know, the other people in the gym clear out to their edges. And it was nice too, just being in a room full of people you know, we're, we're stinky and we <laughs> look like shit because we've been punching each other in the face yeah. and that everybody's, you know, like we're all just who we are moving around in the world. And I, I don't think I had had that really um, up until then. My family, you know, they, there's definite rules in my family, how women and girls should be. And I never fit any of those rules. Um and so, you know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm in a gym where it matter if I'm, you know, dating a guy or, you know, they meet my girlfriend. Like it was just always, nothing was ever a huge deal. They were like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. You have a girlfriend now. Like it just never was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that was something I think I always for being biracial, bisexual, by everything. I never fit into a particular group. And then all of a sudden, here's this ragtag group of really awesome individuals that I just fit into. That's a, what a that's incredible. Like I, <laughs> I obviously know your it is. I I know your, you know, bits and pieces of your story. And and I told you a hundred thousand times that I admire fighters so much just for for what you did. Like you talked about when you when you first went in and you're like, what, I don't want to get hit in the face. Like that's such a normal response, right? Like that's a totally fair thing to say, like who does, you know? Um, but, but the fact that you got, you know, not only conditioning and not only like technique coaching and whatever that you like got a family, how incredible is that? And how incredible is it that you were just so drawn to it without even knowing that that was like the thing. It's not like you were like, oh, I've seen other fighters and this is what happens for them. They get like a big right. extended family. It was just like you were so drawn to it and it, and you knew and then that ended up being, I don't know, your family. That's just, it's, it's just so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So you were asked to be on the fight team, which in itself is such an honor. I mean, I'm thinking about, first of all, I'm thinking about Derek and how hard he is on anyone who wants to do anything. Um, <laughs> how he's like, um, I don't know who you are. No, thank you. And, you know, like he hears all the time that people want to fight and then they don't follow through or, or whatever. They're just kind of all talk. So the idea, just knowing him as I do, the idea that he came up to you and said, want to be on the fight team, like makes me happy it makes me giddy for you um and like how much of an honor that is for somebody like him to do that and that's such a testament to your commitment 
and that he knew that and saw that considering all, how many people he has seen go through in and out of there. Yeah. He's kind of full of shit about what they actually want. <laughs> if they really want to yeah. be a fighter, it's like, cool, I saw this fucking UFC fight and yeah. I want to do well, fucking what he did. And it's like, relax, champ, right? So yeah. you, I mean, that speaks to how hard you were working and how committed you were for Derek to notice that about you. Yeah. And I feel like I, you were saying that and I just remembered he asked a couple times and I was like, you know, still kind of squeamish and nervous. And then I watched my fight and he, oh my God, this fight was comical because Josh is so good. He, <laughs> there was no way the guy could defend Josh's energy, his power, his explosiveness, everything. This guy was just completely overwhelmed. And I mean, I'd seen Josh in the gym and I, I remember at Josh's fight, I walked right up to Derek and was like, I'm ready. I want to be on the team. Let's huh. do this. Like if I can do that in the gym, if you can make me <laughs> that good, right? That was my thought process. If you can make me as good as Josh Thompson, I'm into this. Right. And, yeah. I, and I remember thinking like, okay, I got to train like Josh Thompson. If you've ever <laughs> seen him train, he's a fucking maniac. <laughs> and I went to the gym like, okay, that's it. I'm just, this is it. This is my life now. And it worked because at that time, you know, I'm, how old was I? Like 27, 28, you know, just energizer bunny. I have all the energy in the world. And so I did. I've just trained and trained and trained and trained and I felt like, wow, I'm getting really good at this. And it, what felt like a short amount of time, even though years were passing, like mm -hmm. I was, you know, doing years, we, we could never find anybody my size or my in my weight class. So that was the frustrating part was like, I'm training so hard. I'm training so hard. I'm training so hard. And you and you don't have a fight and I'm training and OK, you might have a fight this day. OK, your opponent got hurt. And then you're training and you're training. And so that was just like two yeah. or three years of, of that. And finally, Derek said, do you want to do Golden Globe? And I was like, boxing is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, you'll get a fight. And I said, okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll get a fight. And so I did that. I did really well in Golden Gloves. My weight class. Totally crushed it. I was like, oh, okay, do, I'll do boxing matches if I can get them. And so I did a couple and was super successful because I was training using eight weapons and then fighting only using two. So I was not even winded. I'm like, this is easy. This is rad. Like, you know, can you, can you explain so the, the Muay Thai weapons thing for people? Yes. So in boxing, you have your two fists. You can't kick. You can't do anything other than punch. In Muay Thai, you can not only punch, you can use your elbows for elbow strikes. You can use your knees. You can use your feet. Uh, and you can kick anywhere depending upon the rules of the tournament, wherever you're, you're fighting. Um, in some places in California, you are allowed to use elbow strikes. But mostly elbow strikes are used in Nevada or in Thailand. Like it's, it's not something that you can, you can always use, but elbow strikes are my favorite. They're, they, <laughs> they're the most damaging. They win your fights. Uh, but elbow strokes are my favorite. <laughs> like Will Ferrell in Elf. Smiling's my favorite. Shawnee's yeah. like, elbow strokes are my favorite. That's how I you know them. she's a fighter, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I just wanted to just clarify the, the two versus eight, because some people might not know that. Um, yeah. Okay, so you you get on the team. You're <laughs> you're wearing your I train like Josh shirt. <laughs> and <laughs> how what are you doing today, Shani? I'm just training like Josh Thompson today. Yep. That's what I'm doing. That's what, That's what, what I'm, do. I'm And then what tomorrow I'm, I'm doing gonna, that again. I'm gonna do whatever my coach tells me, <laughs> and I'm gonna watch Josh, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home, and then I'm gonna do those things. <laughs> if only there were hashtags back then. Train like Josh yeah. Thompson. So train like okay, so you're on the team. Um, and then what, what was that experience like for you? That was awesome. Um, I went through, 
I mean, a lot of malarkey in my, in my, you know, personal life. Um, I got engaged. We broke off the engagement. We ended up breaking up, you know, like big, heavy things were happening in my life, but my team, uh, we were traveling, you know, helping other fighters, going to their matches, either cornering for, or, you know, being in their corner, rooting them on. So that, that really was my constant for about 10 years. And I want to say there were chunks of time where um, I would get injured or I started getting really bad migraines and exercise and exercise induced headaches. And I didn't know what to do with, with that. Um, I had looked up, you know, I'm getting headaches when I exercise and everything was like, drop what you're doing, go to the emergency room. This is really dangerous. You're about to die. Right. Uh, so I, around that time, this was, this was in about 08. Um, my mom had had some aneurysms clipped in her brain. She had brain surgery and her doctor, who was my doctor said, have an MRI and see if you have aneurysms. Um, and at that point we found I did not have aneurysms, but my migraines were becoming unmanageable. And so my doctor and every, my chiropractor, my sports medicine doctor, everybody was just like, find something else that does not, that is. Um, so I just to do I had made the the um, USA team I was like gearing up to go to Thailand you know all signs were pointing towards holy shit this is you know I get to do do and then it was like I talked to um, one of my best friends who was on the fight team at the time and she was we had had a um, one of our teammates Brian Johnson who had had a stroke it, like I think it was either in the ring or like right after a fight and she was like you cannot go down like that you know this is our hobby this is not we're not getting paid to do this um on the side I was a teacher <laughs> at that point I was like I will not be able to do my job if I have a stroke like that will be the end of my other greatest passion and so I had to really do some soul searching and had to kind of quit the team. And it wasn't like, oh, I could just like, you know, go in and train other people and get them ready for because those that includes sparring. That includes working out really hard. That includes, you know, staying in really good shape to keep your teammates in good shape. And so it was almost like this cold turkey end of my fight career and it just fucking gutted me it was it was hard and I didn't know what to do at that time I you know I was like oh I'm gonna go snowboarding all the time so I'd go snowboarding and I mean snowboarding's fun but (laughs) right like there isn't that you know that intensity and then I got into roller derby and I was like okay I'm gonna try roller derby and and I found out you weren't allowed to punch each other and I'm like this is stupid I love roller derby. No diss on roller derby. I really do love it, but it just wasn't as physical as I wanted it to be. I get it. So, um, okay. So you hit this point and, and like we talked about before, Muay Thai saved you is, was the, the idea and the story, right? So now what do you do when the thing that you don't have anymore, what do you, what do you do? You Um, get really sad. (laughs) So how did you, I mean, how did you work your way? Because clearly you're here and uh-huh. you're thriving and doing all of the things. Um, mm-hmm. But how, but how did you deal with that? Because I, I think one of the most inspiring parts of anybody's story is how they get up from being down, you know? I mean, yeah. everybody has these big dips in their life and, and really hard things. And, and depending, I think, on how your life is growing up, things hit you harder perhaps than other people because they have fallbacks. Yes. So if you have like a stable family and then you don't have kickboxing, you're like, I'll go back. I mean, yeah. that sucks, but like, I'm going to go back to my family and they're going to like do all these nice things for me and make me feel better. If right. you don't have that. Right. And you were saving yourself 
with fighting and with Muay Thai. How did you get yourself out of that dip after um, not being able to fight anymore? Uh, marathons. I, I, I think, <clears throat> well, if anything, on the base level, Muay Thai taught me, like, you get knocked down however many times, you always get back up. There's no mm-hmm. staying down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of applied that to my life. And, you know, and it helped me realize that everything I had been through, all of the bullshit, here I am, still kicking, still positive, still loving, still compassionate, still being joyful. I can't fight, but I'm still here. Like I didn't, I feel like had I not found Muay Thai, I probably wouldn't have made it through that period of my twenties and thirties. I think that mm-hmm. because I was, I was before I found kickboxing, I was already hitting some really bad lows. Yeah. And I knew that now, you know, <clears throat> kickboxing increased my mental strength and toughness. It showed me that when you get your literal, you have the time between rounds to get your shit together and get back in the ring. Um, and so I just kind of applied that. I, I was still teaching. Thank God I had already found teaching. Um, myself into my career I poured myself into my friends um, my fight family was still my fight family uh, so I would just you know go and support and be on the sidelines and and you know wish I was in the ring but still be there and support uh, but I really do th- my mental toughness and fortitude I guess my constitution comes from being a fighter like yeah. the, I don't think there's anything I could go through in my life. Well, I could think of maybe one thing, but nothing else outside of that one thing would floor me. You know, I will get up every day and go to work and, you know, be a teacher and be the best teacher I possibly could or possibly can because I've been through so much already. Right. And so it kind of helped me realize Okay, you can't get in the ring and fight, but you can now fight for things that really matter. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in my classroom, trying to, um, you know, build an anti-racism, trying to get kids to connect regardless of their background, um, trying to teach kids to, you know, find their voice and tell their trying to teach kids that their past does not define their future. Right. All of these things that I was learning in the ring, I just translated into my curriculum. Yeah. And so that, I want to say that, I'm realizing this as I'm saying it out loud to you. <laughs> That's probably what saved me was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to turn this into things that my kids can use and be successful so, using. So what I am taking from kind of all that you've said is, first of all, right? Find, find your thing. So if if someone's having a difficult time, which we all do, and, and we all feel really alone when we do, it's not like you have a difficult time and then you're like, a lot of people are going through this right now. It feels very isolated, whatever the thing is. Um, but you found your thing, which in Petaluma, what the fuck? That's so random. random. Um, but, (laughs) and then I don't know how no one's like, Hey, maybe you should go to AKA, but that's a whole different story. Thanks so, <laughs> if only there were a place. Yeah. Um, I actually so- after that when I was, you know, fighting at AKA, he was, you know, one of his fighters was at a thing that I was at. And I was like, hey, Herb, I'm Shawnee. I, you know, I took classes at your gym for three months years ago. Do you know that AKA is in Santa Clara, California? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, what? Yeah, of course I know. And I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> So, but I found it. The universe was like, I mean, right. You were sort of destined to find it and you found it. And it led, regardless, like not being in Petaluma anymore led you to back to the Bay Area, which is, you know, where this was. But 
I think that just when people are really having a difficult time, it's like finding your thing, like whatever mm-hmm. it is that you feel passionate about. And it doesn't have to make sense. Like you can go somewhere right. like Johnny and be like, Hey, I don't know what the fuck, but this feels really good right now. And you can just like dive into it as long as it's like good for you and not harming you and all those sorts right. of things. <laughs> I mean, I think that's so important. And obviously as a personal trainer, like just from a uh, the body perspective, when you work out, you just feel better, like physiologically, that just shifts. Yeah. But like all that you got out of it. But I think what's really powerful is that you like Muay Thai saved you and it taught you how to save yourself. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like, how incredible is that? Like, it's just so amazing. And I obviously am a huge fight MMA geek and love all of this stuff and know more than a lot of people about it and and yes. watch your I've watched your you know your journey that's how we reconnected was um I saw Shawnee fight so we uh, she had posted something on Facebook and we weren't even like tight we were just Facebook friends and we all know that that doesn't really mean much these days yeah. it's just like oh like a friend in quote and um and I just was like well fuck I really want to go see her fight I think that's really cool that she's fighting yeah. um and then we just like clicked and connected and then our worlds with like I was friends with Derek and Derek was your coach and like all of the things and it was just such a bizarre amazing time but to see you that night in a tough fight in San yeah. Francisco yeah. and when, when <laughs> Shawnee got her hand raised, she almost punched the ref out because she was so excited because she didn't know how the fight was going to go. <laughs> so it was a very dramatic ending. Um, but it was so beautiful to watch you like just your pureness and that passion in that moment and how incredible that time was for you. Um, and how fucking hard fighters like just work is like if that's your job mm-hmm. and y'all weren't even like getting paid for it yet. And, mm-hmm. and when people start getting paid, they don't get paid shit for it. Right. And, and so to watch like that, that what you touched on the kind of like you learn to control your emotions, how, how Derek was teaching you, mm-hmm. you learn how to control your emotions is like what a life gift that is because mm-hmm. you can navigate things and not fly off the fucking handle or whatever. Well, like, that still learn- happens. I still do that. <laughs> right. But you learn how to manage it in a way that like, you know, and, and to be fair, Shawnee, I mean, the thing you didn't talk about after your dip was all the work you've done. Like you've done a yeah. lot of like therapy and personal work. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, and I love teaching. Bye. It's like you, <laughs> you, di- I mean, after that dip, you were like, I got to fucking work on my stuff. And that too yeah. is inspiring because again, like it's work, man. Your, your life is like a story of just like the grind and I will not give up. And I'm committed to like making the best of my life and making the best for my family's life and my kid's life. And it's just, it's really inspiring. Like you really are a fighter on every level. Like, I feel like absolutely when Shawnee and I are out, I am not concerned if something, someone comes up to us. I'm like, you just don't even know. Oh, what you're doing I wish somebody right would. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always glad they don't. Cause that's a whole thing. But, um, right. But I mean, you are a fighter, like in every sense of the world from childhood to adulthood and now, and now fighting, managing, the feelings and the things when they come up, it's really, it's really inspiring. And I think it's, I wanted to share at least this part of your story because especially for women, I mean, it's not like fighting is so normalized now for us. I mean, it's beginning to happen, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's the idea that you were just accepted in a space and not objectified Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. sexualized and you got to just be a fighter and be accepted for what you were is such a beautiful gift. Like that's such a beautiful gift. So, yeah, I think though, too, going back to one of your earlier questions, what saved me was therapy. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, It was going, um, I go to a 12 step program, not for my own addictions, but that also saved me. Yeah. Um, just, and honestly, the connections that I've made through AKA, I often, and I, 
most times I will text Derek and just be like, thank you. Just thank you. I love you. That's all. Um, because through him, I met Layla. I met you, like our connection came back full circle. Um, and through Layla, I met all of these other people and it, without those people, I, again, just don't know where I would be. And you all are the people that I call when, you know, I get in a fight with my honey and I feel like I'm at my lowest and I don't feel like I have anywhere to turn. I always know in the back of my, or in the back of my head and heavy in my heart, I always have someone to call. Yeah. And that is super important building up that support system so that I know I can call you. I can call Layla blubbering, not even making sense. And y'all will take my phone call and help me talk through and metabolize whatever it is I'm going through. Um, and of course I call different people for different, you know, whatever, whatever I need to hear at the time. But I think that is something I learned from fighting too. Like, you know, you have your teammates and you go to different teammates for different things. And, and that translated then to my family. Like, okay, I, I can, I can have these different relationships with different people in my family and no one person has to be my everything. And I think that that is an important lesson to take because that puts way too much um, expectation and like all of this other stuff. I know that I can kind of, you know, network of some pretty badass people around me, yourself included, that I don't think that I would take the risk that it takes um, to maintain those things because I suffer just like many of us do with this like sense of really low self-esteem and fighting kind of literally kicks that out of my heart kicks it out of my head like you did all these things you know you have arrived you are good you are a good person so if someone was so first of all like like I said before Finding, finding your, I I don't know how to say it better, finding your thing, finding your passion, your, anything you're drawn to, what inspires you, what energizes you, what you love can lead to so many other things that you can't even see before you find it. Yes. And so just following your heart and your passion is so important and, and it's difficult. It's, it's not an easy thing always to do like for you 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 found this thing and then it was like three months and it's gone and like well shit now what do I you know and you're like looking and looking and it's hard right so that's part of it but but what I would say too is we're gonna hit dips we're gonna hit we're gonna Mm -hmm. bottom out like that's just how things happen so if someone listening to this is in one of those dips or bottoming out in some way what would, would you have any advice to give them yes be open be open to what the universe is going to put in front of you. Like I would, I would say I was probably at one of my lowest when, when, you know, that friend of a friend was like, come to this kickball class. Right. I, mm-hmm. I was a very low contact sport type of person. I did cross country running uh, or track soccer, wait, cross country, soccer track. And I was on the dance team. The only thing that was contact was soccer. And even that wasn't like full contact all the time. So just being open to people saying, hey, try this thing. Like, take the risk. Go to that class. Talk to somebody you don't know. Like, I think that so many times we miss out on opportunities because we're not willing to take the risk. Yeah. And it's very jumping with both feet. Just try shit because it's new and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's great advice. Be open and listen to your heart when it's talking to you. Cause it's sometimes it's screaming at us and we're like, no, no, we're yeah. going to go the other way. So yeah. that's how I found teaching though, too, was my mom just kind of like, Hey, try this thing. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to make very little money and work my butt off. Cause my mom's a teacher. So I saw the struggle. Right. Um, and she just kept kind of bringing it up in different ways. And okay, well, but try being a long-term sub. Try try doing this thing, right? And my first day in a classroom, very similar to my first day in the gym, I was like, why the fuck didn't I do this earlier? Mm. Like, <laughs> it felt like home. 
And as hard as teaching gets, as hard as fighting was, even when you're feeling challenged, if it's truly passionate about, you're going to look for those silver linings. You're going to create a strong network of people in your, in your job, in your career. And when you're having those bad days, those are the times you reach out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Your story's powerful. Watching you fight was incredible. The fighters in general, I just, I don't know. I have so much respect. I kind of don't know what to do with it (laughs) for for that job and for that, how difficult it is and how tough it is and how much we fight through. But, but we're, we're all fighters in certain ways if we're, if we're trying and if we're pulling for ourselves and if we're trying to lead a better life, I mean, a fighter isn't just getting punched or punching someone in the face. Exactly. Fighting is like, it's the stuff you do when no one's around and it's, you know, getting through the difficult moments. But if your heart's pulling you somewhere, just try it and be open. What, what yeah. such simple and powerful advice. Sometimes Shawnee. fighting is just like for someone else. Yes. I know you and I know, cause we're both fighters. <laughs> <laughs> I will take someone out. Oh. oh God. I'm not, I'm not a trained fighter and I, I definitely still have that in me. Um, so yes, <laughs> I'm never concerned when you and I are somewhere. I'm like, well, somebody's going to get something they're not expecting this. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but that in itself, right. Going through difficult times and having that innate, you call it fury or, just mm-hmm. like, right it's it mm-hmm. that saves us as well it's all it's all right that gets us through difficult times because we're like well fuck well this shit didn't take me down so i'm not gonna let this motherfucker take me down exactly right? so, yeah exactly. it's really powerful well i want to just thank you so much for sharing your story and for just being who you are because it's a beautiful beautiful thing and it's really one of the things I'm really loving about these podcasts is kind of even when I do them with people I know and love and care about I get to know more about their story which is a real it's a real gift so Mm -hmm. thank you thank you for your time hon thank you for you all right